There's money that, that can be made in many, many different ways. Take time right now and make an exhaustive list of where, it doesn't even have to be real estate, but whatever you think will bring revenue into you. And then ask yourself the honest question, does it work or does it not work? And if it doesn't work, don't beat yourself up. Just, just come on, do it. So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. I am so excited to get to introduce you today to Mr. Edmund Bogan. Edmund's from South Florida. He's got a you know, kind of a big business out there. He runs his own kind of masterminds that we're going to hear a lot about and, uh, and a lot of different you know, lead ideas, things like that. Great story from where he's come from. So Edmund, thanks for coming. Aaron, thank you so much for having me. I can't tell you, I'm so excited. I've been a fan of Real Estate Rockstars now for, for a few years and it seems that every episode I've listened to, there's always a little nugget of information, even the ones that weren't so great. It was like, wow, you could take it back. And the thing that's so great is you take it back to what you do and immediately make money from it. So I hope that my words could be, uh, have a similar effect. I, and I'm honored to be in everyone's grace. So that's yeah, great. Thank you. Thanks, yeah, thanks for coming on and, the, and listening. Yeah, that was one of the things we had talked about in one of the pre-interviews, right, is you've been a, a listener for a long time. And that's really the goal of Real Estate Rockstars, right? We interview all these agents that are excelling in their levels, their parts of the U.S. So we get to hear you know, how one area of the U.S. does a little bit different than others. So that's why we get sure. to interview people nationwide. And everybody, it's like that one or two tips that they come away with and go, wow, I can actually use that action today. Whether somebody's doing... 10, 10 deals a year or 100 deals a year, there's always something to learn, right? And it makes you think that people have made their fortunes in many different ways. Some people love to cold call. Some people are farmers. Some people are advertisers. Some people combine all of this. And so in any case, I thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So how long have you been in South Florida? My wife and I moved down here seven years ago from Manhattan. Uh, I wish all my colleagues up there well, because I know they've been having a rough time. But yeah, we moved down seven years ago, still have deep roots from there. And much of my business is really drawn from those relationships that I have up there too. Yeah. Did you do real estate when you were in Manhattan? My back, very little. Uh, some on the commercial end. My background is I owned a marketing company and a conference company. And I've got real estate investments in Manhattan. And when I came down to Florida, I was saying, boy, Florida's a place where people do reinvent themselves to some extent. I was living very well in New York, but as I looked at some of the online cost of living calculators, I figured that for every dollar I spend in New York, I'll spend 54 cents in Boca Raton, specifically where I live. So when we moved, mathematically, it made a lot of sense. I was trying to buy a business and there was really nothing that was A, cost effective and B, was me. I saw a shredded company and different, you know, great, great businesses. It's just not for me. And so I took a giant step backwards in my mind at that point and became this realtor, you know, it was, it was really, uh, I felt a, a big, a big letdown. But it, as I discovered within a few months of doing it, that boy, it is a great career. It could be as, as serious and as profitable as you really make it. And in that time, I've, I've done fairly well. So I'm very pleased. 
Yeah. So instead of running, so you were kind of used to running a business or even looking into running businesses. And when you first came out to Florida, it was like, what, what businesses are out there? And then in real estate, you kind of become the business. Yeah. Right? And like, I still do. I, I, want, I want to stress, I still have investment properties and I still borrow what, and this is, I'll get into this with you, a big mistake that a lot of realtors make because a lot of people come to this from another career. Uh, I'm 52 in May. I'm, I'm 51 now, so I'll be 52. So I got into it much later than a lot of folks. And I wasn't about to leave my past uh, behind. And, and I think that's a mistake that some people make. Right. Being able to do more. So, so go down that, go down that th train of thought with me for a second. So the, sure. so you got into it and, and you had a, it sounds like you had a turning, there was a decision like, do you, can you be real estate and not do nothing else? Or can you do it all? Can you do real estate on top of what you were doing? Is that, is that part of the process? You're it, going through? It, it, it came down to the self. How do I see myself? If you look at people, if you're the kind of person that answers the phone and I say this to every salesperson, when you get a sales call, other than the bots, forget the, the robots that are calling, that's nonsense. But when, when somebody actually calls, it's just a person trying to make a living. And if you take that call, you're giving yourself permission to make that call. If you think about it, it's so natural. I mean, if, if you slam down the phone whenever you pick up a, a sales call and you need to make sales calls, you know, what are you thinking about that? You need to make a, psych a psychological shift. And that's one of the things that I, in, in real estate, I never really had that much respect for realtors until I actually got to know them and become one myself and realize the ones that are successful are really hardworking, super smart business people. So that's really, and that's really interesting. You've talked about the, yes, they are really smart business people. You're talking about the sales call in general, right? So the, are you saying if, when you get a sales call from somebody right now, do you take the call? Do you listen to the pitch? I, every, everyone. Every single one. And I'll even say if I'm like in the middle of something with a client, I am in the middle of the client. This is not a dodge. Please do call me back at this time. Doesn't sound like the type of thing that I necessarily want, but I want to give you the opportunity to pitch it. Look, why bother listening to real estate rock stars or studying or reading or doing any of these things if you're not going to learn? The, your best training ground is from other people trying to do it. And you can learn more from people doing the bad than doing the good. You can say, God, that was a lousy pitch. I would never want to do that. But you can uplift someone's life. And you can say to someone, you know, this is really not for me. Here's my suggestion. Here's how I would make that approach. And you'll find that while you're doing and giving to these people, you're giving yourself permission to do the same thing. It's a change of paradigm. Yeah. You know, rock stars, that, that's, that's big, big idea number one of today's mm -hmm. podcast. Nobody's pitched that to, before, to me before. I haven't heard that before of, hey, if you want to be good at cold calling and selling that way, you've got to be willing to take the calls and learn from them. I think that's great advice, Edmund, sure. the, and I think that's something that, that people can use. So, the, how many, so you're out in South Florida. How many deals are you doing a year? What, what's the price point? What's the, what's the stats? Sure. So last year, and I just did, was checking this before, I did 22 deals. One in my immediate farm area, by the way, which I'd like to get, I'd, you know, any rock stars out there have ideas. I'm having a very bare of a time getting over the, the, the status quo, which is the tough uh, agents that are here. But I did 22. I did 380000 in, in GCI. And uh, after expenses, I did about 300000 all right, so what's so, the average price of the house, house on that? The average price, I'll have to back it out. It was about a 2.75% uh, commission blended. I don't have the average price here. I mean, let's put it this way. I did one deal for $5 million, 
And I did the cheapest deal, which was my friend's mother had passed away. I sold the house for 80000 And I did both within six weeks. Guess which one was the hardest job? Yeah, the $80,000 oh, was probably the hardest job. A, a bloody nightmare. You would have no idea. Like, it, it really, I, you know, and I'll do anything. I, somebody needs a garage uh, door opener. I, I always, I'm Mr. Garage Guy. I go in and fix the garage. I give them an opener. These people were just really, actually, they were lovely. They had a son who was a, this real estate guy who was just, I don't know what he did, but he was just such a jerk. So Yeah, it's such a what, funny example, right? Because the selling a $5 million house is different than selling an $80,000 house, but, it, but one isn't easier than the other. They're just different, right? Like yeah. the, ones that, the ones that work and the people that you have the good, I guess what I'm trying to say is price doesn't change, it doesn't make the transaction a good one or a bad one. People are always like, oh, I want to have, you know, the, the more expensive listing because it is the more expensive commission and that, but it's just some deals you've got great people you get to work with and they're really fun transactions and other transactions aren't any fun. Yeah. And I mean, today I, I've got two clients, they're stuck in New Jersey. I've got their walkthrough today. The closing's on Wednesday. I'm going to do it through uh, FaceTime or Skype or whatever platform they want. And I've got my checklist of things that were fixed in the home and I've got my jury rigged hazmat suit or whatever we're putting on. Yeah. And you go and, and you do it. And the, they've been an absolute pleasure. I know I'll be friends with them for years to come. I know for a fact that, that there's opportunity on both ends, by the way. Uh, my, my, me to them and them to me. So I, I, I think it's important to, uh, to embrace that. Yeah, you'll be able to help each other out. So 380000 in gross sales. You said your, your kind of net profit is 300000 So the yes. So do you have a team? Do you have some assistance? What are your, what are your expenses that go into that? I, I've been using, um, I, had a, a, I, have, I had a several assistants over the years. One of mine, she's a lovely woman. I'm still friends with Samantha. Uh, but she had to get married and go and want to start a family. I'm being sarcastic now. But yeah. you know, so, so I hired a couple people after her and nobody was quite as good. I wound up getting uh, my out desk, the yeah. uh, virtual help. And I've got this one young guy named R.A. He works full time. He's affordable. He's smart. He worked for another realtor in South Florida for several years until she retired. So he knows the contract's cold. I mean, it's, it's pretty good. That's pretty awesome. You know, the, yeah. For listeners out there, you've probably heard Daniel Ramsey come on here. He came on here a few weeks ago and we were trying to teach people how to actually work remotely uh, during the coronavirus time. Like what's changing, you know, maybe a few weeks before that, we actually interviewed him about what it was like when he was building his, his uh, virtual assistant business. So if you go to hybendigital.com forward slash my outdesk, you can see all sorts of stuff on, you know, Ramsey and his company and even get some like promotions, some free star stuff. So did you first hear about my outdesk on uh, yes. Real Estate Rockstars? Co correct. Okay. That, that's, uh, it's worth mentioning. Yes, it was advertised and, you know, Pat, I mean, he could sell a rabbi a ham sandwich. I mean, the guy yes, was amazing. Absolutely. And so I, uh, I looked at it and I said, why don't I interview these guys? And when I initially started with them, I didn't have the right assistant, but they corrected it. They paid for the difference. They brought in this new guy. And, you know, I, people think you have to get it right, like, all the time, always. I like people who own the problem. This, this, my outdesk saw that I was a guy genuinely trying to get a solution and that match wasn't right, and they fixed the problem. And it's been months now, and I, I wouldn't let this guy go. I mean, I just think he's a sensational young guy who's, who's hungry and, and thoughtful and wants to succeed and knows the business. So, yeah. 
That's awesome. So the so let's talk about assistance for a second. So whether they're virtual or not. So what are the things that uh, that that if an assistant does it, you go, okay, they're not going to be the right assistant. And what are the things that when they do do it, you say this person is really going to help me in my business. So when you're trying to hire that assistant or fire that assistant, what do you, how do you rate how do you do that? Well, you know, I think it's important that you draw out a you, you outline a very detailed job description. I mean, this is, that's the master of the obvious. Everybody knows that. But what they might not do is test it and say, okay, walk every step of the way through what you want them to do. For example, I do a lot of social media. I do a lot of videos. I do a lot of, um, he's learned how to edit a lot of these things for me. He's learned how to build a rapport with my mastermind group and reach out to those people on a regular basis. Even in the pandemic, you have to say, I mean, he, he, he and all these other assistants are saying, is there a place for me? And the answer is yes, I'm busier now because I'm building up that relationship with a core group of agents nationwide. And these people know someone who's moving to Florida. And this guy's instrumental to me communicating with those people. So there's all sorts of stuff. My think tank and my FaceTime interviews with people and all this is just building up to a point. I know for a fact that if, if close to half my business came from other agents and I was communicating with them over here, you know, just uh, by six inches and I go six inches higher, I double it. Theoretically, the, the outcome should be double. I mean, it might be a more of a, a, a longer tail today, but the more you communicate and the more conscious you are of it, the greater the opportunity. Yeah. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. And as you know, when you've been hearing these episodes, so many of our guests give us lots of free gifts and share the tools they've been using to become successful. We've got free real estate tools, scripts, eBooks, marketing materials, and more. We keep track of everything in our vault and it's updated with new items each and every week. If you want access to that stuff, it's totally free for being a listener. All you have to do is go to agentsuccesstoolbox.com, agentsuccesstoolbox.com and get your free gifts now. So tell me about the, your mastermind group or the, sure. you know, your think tank. What do, you, what do you do? What is that? What is that? Well, something that I started years ago, I think it's hilarious that everybody suddenly knows what Zoom is because my biggest problem was trying to get people to understand this thing called Zoom. But we meet on Wednesday mornings currently, 9 a.m. Eastern time. We are made up of agents from all of the country. And when I mean all over, I mean Los Angeles. I mean Aspen, Colorado, Chicago, Houston, Texas, Brooklyn, New York, Manhattan, upstate New York. Uh, Washington, D.C., various parts of Florida. I even have people in England every now coming. And what you'll find and what I found was we all have the same issues. We all have the same insecurities. We all have a farm area that we may want to sell or we may be questioning a certain technology. And since coaching has become the rage, this is almost like group therapy for realtors. Uh, the funny thing is that leads come from the relationships that have been built Several alumni of uh, real estate rock stars participate in this group, by the way. Awesome. Ivan Estrada has been on your show, and I don't know if Paul Zweben has been, but there's been a bunch that, that come to my, my thing, and all of us have that same philosophy of trying to learn, trying to nurture, and the, the group's been sensational. We've got a private Facebook page, so the conversation goes on beyond that, and it's, it's something that I got started, and every week there's at least 30 people, certainly if anyone listening wants to give it a shot, just 
my info must be with you. So you must. Yeah, have- we'll be able to share all that near the end of the show so people can Please. reach out to you. The I think right now, you know, listeners, we've been we've been talking about this a lot lately. You know, it is that we're we're in interesting time in real estate. Things are different. You know, the the people. The people that are good are going to get better and the people that aren't trying are going to be left by the wayside. And so it's a great time to find a mastermind, to find people to chat with. There's all sorts of them out there. The, um, you know, for people like you don't want to be going through this alone, right? Yeah. So that's why we want our listeners to be listening to the podcast. So they're not alone because they have those, those options, but there's other ways out there and other pl- people out there to be reaching out to. People love sharing ideas, especially during tough times. Like right now, there's, like, there's a lot of information that's changing every day. And so depending sure. on where someone gets the news or who they're talking to or what strategies they've heard, like everything is changing constantly. So it's a great time to be, you know, looking deep at that and doing it as a team. And you could gain, I mean, you could gain the love and interest of your sellers, the love and interest of agents. I mean, let's think about from, from dynamically from a lead source standpoint, existing business, agents out of state, my sphere of influence. These are all important things to Ed, to me. It might not be to other people, but this is what's important to me. A Facebook Live with a woman named Tinka, who I've done many deals with. She's one of my dearest friends. We, we, we said, let's stage this the way the news media stages a broadcast. I'll be anchoring. I'll have something behind me on my green screen. She'll get into the house and walk through with the camera. I'll ask her questions. We're streaming this on Facebook Live. Questions are coming in at the same time. And, you know, you could take a look at my Facebook page. It was sensational. And now we're doing this over and over and over again. I got to tell you, it's only because of the pandemic that we learned about this. The client who's a developer loved it. The agents who we normally wouldn't reach saw it. Is it going to be the silver bullet? Absolutely not. But it's one more tool in our toolkit to actually get the job done. And I'm, I'm very pleased with it. That is, that is great. So, the, so one of the pre-questions we give you is it says, if you're on stage for how you succeed, what would be the name of the panel be? And, and your answer said, you have the leads, how to extract new opportunity from the contacts you already have. So, the, so tell me about that. So the, you know, extracting, the, extracting the info. Sure. You know, there's, there's many systems. I, I have a friend who owns a sales training company. I won't give the name. And he, I said to him, so I guess you think your brand is the best. He said, no, the brand that you use is the best. He yeah. said that, that people don't use, if, if you're not going to use it, it means nothing. I came up with my own simple system and I'm sure it's not original. Maybe my names are, but it, it, and I don't think there's any that many new ideas, but the way I do it is fairly unique. People have A leads, B leads, C leads. I've got two different types of leads. I've got SOI gold and SOI one, and then there's everybody else. SOI gold are the people that I'm going to rank them and say, I've got a 15 to 20, 10 10 to 20% chance of them giving me a significant lead in these 365 days. I've got 99 people on that list currently. It's a moving target. Keep this in mind. I've got about 500 people in my SOI1 group. Now, why, did, why didn't I just do SOI1 and SOI2? Again, psychologically, it's not that SOI1 isn't important. They are important. They're still number one. But gold just happens to have proven themselves yeah. to me as people that have given out the leads. And I could look back and track the volume of great opportunity that comes through some people. And, and you could then judge what you're going to do um, I've got 99 people in this. How am I going to communicate with them? What changes do I need to make? I, up until the pandemic, had a cocktail party every three months uh, since I was 25. 
And that's been a big leading factor in the relationships that I've built. So now we've got to get creative again and come up with other ways of, of constantly keeping in touch with uh, these folks and finding out about them. And, and, you know, I've got idea after idea that's come up in this pandemic that I think people just might not have considered. Yeah, people are having to innovate so much. So you've got your sphere of influence one, your sphere mm-hmm. of influence gold. The golds are the, are the 99 people that you're sure are, that have a really good chance of giving, of giving you somebody. So, the, uh, so in normal times, you would throw parties, get together with them, reach out to them just to make sure that they remembered that you were buying and selling real estate. Was there, a, was there an ask? Would you say, hey, can you help me? How, what, what were those conversations like? The, the, the parties, I, I, I also have a thing for, for the notorious B.I.G. I rap, which is very funny because I'm a big white guy and, and you just don't expect that. I did not uh, expect you I, yeah, a rapper. Yeah, no, I, I know the, the song Juicy word for word. <laughs> you can look it up on social media. It's kind of funny. But, uh, you know, so I go in there, I rap, we have trivia, we have games, we do all kinds of stuff. And it, it might even be a little hokey, but it builds relationships. And that's what's happened in those, um, in those meetings. And that's what's happened in those groups. So that's, uh, that's one side of it. By the way, this SOI gold isn't automatically 99. It could be 104, it could be 87. It just happens to be that these are people that I have a really great relationship. They've, many of them have bought and sold with me. Many of them have tried consistently to give me leads. I've got a billionaire in that list, and I've got a college student in that list. So, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's not it's somebody with the greatest set of leads that doesn't give them to you or doesn't help you or that you're not helping them. It kind of means nothing. Yeah. It's really interesting to take your lead list and kind of categorize it like that. Something we've been talking about a lot on here, like the last month, like Paul Morris and I, you know, every time I get Paul on here, it's something we're reminding everyone to do is just reaching out to people, reaching out to your customers, to your families, to anyone, even with a text and a phone call saying, Hey, how are you? How are you Mm. doing through all this? Is there anything I can help you with at all? Not necessarily real estate related. It's it's just like really caring about people because in times of pandemic and times of craziness and times of when we're home if you look at your text message you see like family and kind of that's it because everyone's kind of afraid to like reach out and chat although everyone right now has a ton of time on their hands to be able to talk on the phone and have those conversations so it's we just want to remind all the listeners out there like maybe this is a new way to do that right so you take your list and you can categorize them two ways and you take that SOI gold, which are the people that can, you know, future turn, you know, get you some listings or get you some referrals, but start reaching out to them. Just go, Hey, how are you? How's everything going? A friend of mine posted on Facebook yesterday and he goes, Hey, I'm going to home Depot. Does anyone need anything? I'll deliver yeah. anywhere. He's like, I'm, I'm out doing this. And if you, and if anybody needs a random favor right now, like I'm your guy and uh, it's just right now you know, there's, it's, it's tough to say like, hey, can you get me a referral? But it's a really easy time to reach out to people and just offer service, offer value and say, hey, are you okay? You know, sure. I'm, I'm thinking about you. Sure. And, and, it, it is, and it's not wrong to give to a charity and hope that it builds your profile to, uh, so that there's some, I, I know there's a lot of people that have like this guilty feeling. That they, but I, one thing I didn't mention, I went to a lot of fundraisers before this. And they're like, well, Ed, people see you're a realtor there. I'm like, well, I'm not pimping myself out. I mean, I I show up to these things and certainly it's that relationship mechanism, but I love your idea about going off to a store and helping 
helping a, a neighbor, particularly an elderly neighbor. I think that's that's a great thing. Yeah, anything right now. It's like, hey, I'm at the grocery store already. Do you need anything? Like, hey, I was just thinking about you, and I'm I'm actually about ready to go in here. Do you need anything? And the, you know, I'd be I'm, I'm sure that people would be like, actually, yeah, that would be really helpful. The, uh, you know, my daughter got super sick, and somebody reached out to us and said, hey, we're going to go to the grocery store today. Do you need anything? Well, at the time, we're, we're, we weren't allowed to go out. Right. Yeah. And so it was like, yes, actually, if you could drop off some groceries in my, I was not too proud to say, yes, please drop off some groceries in my driveway. If you find this, this or this, I'll be excited. You uh, know, yeah, it's something that every salesperson I think needs to get, get past. And this is a great time to do it, to be able to just get used to uh, picking up the phone, making phone calls, being able to uh, initiate some of these discussions. One of my think tanks, it's terrific since I've already identified real estate agents from out of my area as a great lead source. When they come to my think tank, I've got a reason to invite them. You know, am I charging you? No. I mean, what are you doing? I, again, I want you. I want your knowledge base. You ever right. see someone, they, they've got a flat tire on the side of the road and how everyone stops to help the guy. Hey, your tire's low. You know, you get all these people helping the guy out. Why? Because it's something that I might be able to do. And let's say the guy with a flat has a, is a Jaguar and they're a millionaire. I saw this. I saw this in Manhattan. All these people were stopping to help the guy. Look, at, if he had a bag of groceries, nobody would have done anything. You know, yeah. if it was raining, they wouldn't have helped him out. But the car, they could really demonstrate their knowledge base, really demonstrate their worth. And that's yeah. what people are trying. That's how the people get that great feeling. I, I honestly believe people are more generous than they think. I think you're right. I think people are, people are more generous than they think. And this is a great time where we talk a lot lately about during the time of us all staying at home, what are some of the positives that are coming out of this? And, the, you know, and people are walking at night and saying hi to their neighbors and being kind to each other. And I think maybe people will figure out they're, they're more generous than they think if they, uh, if they get brave enough to do it. The, yeah. So let's say like listings versus buyers. What's your, what's your percentage? How many, you do more listings than buyers? Not at all. I'm, I'm almost, let me see. Of the 22 deals, four, five, buy, five sellers. All right. The rest, the rest are buyers. It kind of turns it on its head. This year was going to be my big buyer year. Yeah. Uh, at least my plans called for it, but the best played plans oftentimes need to be changed. And now I think once again, I'll have another great buyer year. You got to remember, I'm, I'm with... Um, I'm with Douglas Elliman. They've got a heavy, heavy New York base. And a lot of my business comes from not only Elliman, but agents from out of state. That they, I, I'm their Florida guy. So as a result, I get a lot of buyers looking for that. Now, I've, you know, I sold someone a home a couple of years ago and she wants to list. I'm, I'm going to speak to her later today. So that's a listing. And I've got another listing here in my country club. And I've got listings in different spots but that's um it's it's been very very heavy with the with the buyers so you get some listings mostly buyers so mm -hmm. right now if you were going to make a just a bold prediction right and the mm -hmm. and everybody's it's kind of funny like everybody right now is just guessing because the world is so strange but if we take all of our guesses and we average them out we're probably going to find the uh the accurate number in there do you think that the this is going to be like an ex extended winter where we're going to have uh, you know, where as soon as we're allowed to go outside, you know, real estate will pick up again. Do you think more people will be moving from New York to Florida and calling you? Do you think the market's going to slow down for a while? Any predictions you would give to the real estate market and what you're trying to prepare yourself for? Sure. Well, I'll, I'll break it down by, by territory. I think New York City's got a lot of problems. I think that a place like Manhattan, and, and my heart goes out to my friends who I know will be listening, it's, it's got a lot of problems right now. If you think about it already, who's going to pay for all this? I mean, the property taxes are going to go up even higher. New York's not been a very friendly place from a, 
business person standpoint. We saw that with Amazon. And again, I don't want to get into politics about why this happened, but we just see that companies have not have been wanting to move out. Those that have the ability to move away, and I think things like Zoom and these meetings that we're having today has proven to a lot of people that they can be remote. And then you get down to a place like my area in South Florida. I mean, it, don't get me wrong, it's, it's a big place, but it, Palm Beach County has less than three and a half million people. New York City has over nine million. I just see that the smallest uptick of people would mean a lot of business to us. I think my country clubs, equity country clubs, where you have to pay a membership to join, are going to be problematic because people aren't going to want to spend the money on those clubs. But as far as getting into good school districts and being able to move, my guess is that if the country opens up, I'm going to be very, very busy with buyers as of June and July. That's my prediction. So yeah. that, that, that's now everywhere else. I, I hate the crystal ball lookers. I think, you know, here's another thing, uh, Aaron, to, to look at luxury living condominiums on the ocean in Boca Raton in my, my town here. As of this morning, there were 53 people, 53 units on the ocean, meaning right direct oceanfront that are over a million dollars. That's not a lot of property for an area that's got such great brand recognition. Yeah. So, you know, and finally, if you want to take a look at it on a global scale, historically, whenever the United States government pumps so much money in a stimulus, a uh, trillion dollar plus, some period of time afterward, and history has taught us this, that there's a reverberation in real estate. And also, if you believe, as I believe, that inflation is going to be the only answer to rising rates, real estate historically has been a very good hedge against inflation. So, I think long-term, we got a lot to look forward to. I think long-term and short-term in Florida, we got a lot to look forward to. I just, you know, we have to weather it. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people that moved, that after September 11th, moved from New York to Florida. I know several guys that that was their thing. That was, it was like the extreme opposite for them. And so who knows, maybe you're going to see a, a similar thing, right? Where people are starting to, you know, people are in their houses right now more than they've ever been or in their apartments or anything else. And now's the time where they say, hey, maybe I'm, Maybe I'm ready for a change, or maybe if I'm if I'm not allowed to go outside, or, or if I if I can't if I'm not allowed to hang out with people, maybe I want to be somewhere where I can go for a walk on the ocean, you know. And you were t you were talking about inflation, and for all of our listeners out there, I mean, what we're talking about uh, right now, I mean, inflation is when your dollar just can't buy you as much. Oh. And right now, that you know, the government, all these stimulus packages, they're giving a bunch of people money. They're giving businesses money and people money. Now, a lot of that stuff is just going to make up for the, the salaries that they lost. But when you talk trillions of dollars, that means there's more money that just got printed, right? Mm -hmm. And so, in theory, you can't buy, if something cost you a dollar before, now it's going to cost you a dollar twenty. Right. So in real estate, it's the same thing. The reason real estate is the ultimate hedge is that house you used to be able to buy for 100000 Now you're going to have to pay 120 because the dollar just isn't worth what it used to be. And so, you know, when they talk about people that own real estate as a hedge, when uh, people, a lot of people are talking about inflation right now, that's kind of the definition of it. The more money that's in, in a market, the less valuable that dollar is, you know, the more dollars it costs to buy something. And so in opposite of that, real estate prices should go up. Sure. Uh, as an and, of that. and and another thing to very well said, and another side to look at it is, if your house costs five hundred thousand dollars, and it costs someone to build it three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Again, all this is theoretical numbers, and now that you just gave twenty percent inflation. Okay, so let's put those yeah. same numbers there. Twenty percent of uh, of uh, three fifty is four ten four. You know, it, it, now it's going to cost so much more for the builder to build every nail, 
every tile, every brick, every employee, everything costs more. So therefore the stuff that's on the remaining market becomes a bargain and therefore push the price up. That's exactly yeah. Every, everything costs more. If a hamburger costs more, a hamburger costs more, the construction costs more, um, everything. So the, so you talked a little bit about kind of the, the, your sourcing and how you, and how you go through, but when it it comes to buyers, the, Mm -hmm. you get most of your buyers through referrals through the, the company that you're a part of any other tricks on how you get buyers? Yes, I get a lot of buyers from the community that I live in and the community that I live in while I've not done many deals in here, I've gotten a lot of buyers, you know, that, that I meet at the gym. I, I work out uh, in my country. Well, I did. Uh, now it's closed. But, I, you know, my daughter wants to buy a brownstone in Brooklyn. Can you help us in Brooklyn? Well, yes, I've got someone that I could refer out to. I got uh, somebody who came up to me uh, I spoke to her, you know, known her over the years, and I just happened to give her a call. And this is why agents listening, you should make a phone call. And I said, how are you? And she said, well, I'm, I'm great, but I wish you were here. And she told me that the agent that was supposed to meet her stood her up. And I said, actually, if you're willing to take my referral, I kind of am there, there being Los Angeles. I made an introduction to an agent that I knew there. 84 days later, she closed for $15,150,000. Yeah, now, that, that was it's a shocker, right? I mean, that, that was the biggest referral I've ever given out. And believe me, there's been several base hits that I've given out as well. But it just goes to show that it's that kind of behavior of, of embracing your SOI and your SOI goals that can actually pay off. And some people say, well, that never happens. You know, every year, something like that happens to me. Not that big, but every year, there's a few things. So it happens. Well, that's the big thing with real estate is you never know when it's going to happen. But if you don't mm. do the work, it will never happen. If you don't Correct. make the phone calls, it will never happen. But the, it's kind of like putting money in the bank, right? You're always putting it in there. Every time you're making a call, you're putting it in there. And sometimes you're like, oh, that was worthless. That was worthless. That was worthless. But it's like you're fishing. And then mm. every once in a while, one of them does come through or one from six months ago or from a year ago. And you go, no, that's why you do all the work. Because one out of 100 or one out of 200, you never know when it's going to happen. But if you don't do the work, it won't happen. If you don't make those phone calls, it won't happen. And now is the time. Now we're pushing people out of the way that never produced. Now they're going to look at the dollars they're spending on being just a member of the Realtor Association or paying their heirs and emissions insurance or doing whatever it is to just maintain this theoretical business that they've never really done and the silly listings that they get as a one-off because it's their cousin's home. We're going to be clearing a lot of those folks out. So get psyched, guys. I mean, it, it, it takes a while, but if you really... Everything takes a strategy. If you had to sit down and make a list of businesses that are going to do well right now, no matter what, you could probably think something like McDonald's long-term. You could probably think about bankruptcy attorneys. You could probably think about divorce attorneys. Hate to break it, but people are going crazy living together now. Um, You could probably think about moving companies. You could probably think about the rental market if we get into real estate. You could probably think about the referrals that money that you can make by giving referrals to people who are moving out of state. You know, there's money that that can be made in many, many different ways. Take time right now and make an exhaustive list of where, it doesn't even have to be real estate, but whatever you think will bring revenue into you. And then ask yourself the honest question, does it work or does it not work? And if it doesn't work, don't beat yourself up. Just, just come on, do it and see what happens. I do, I call that a crisis audit and I'm engaged in this now constantly and some phenomenal ideas. I mean, right now, phenomenal ideas. Can I give you one, Aaron? Can I give you just one? I'm ready, yeah. Okay. 
So I've got 4,300 friends on Facebook. Obviously, I don't have that many friends. I wish I had 4,300 friends, but I, I, I'm connected to them. Every day, at least 10 people have a birthday. Statistically, that makes sense. Yep. So every morning now, I write a heartfelt email. And, and here's the thing. What's universal? Everyone's going through this. You know, dear Aaron, I know this couldn't have been what you planned on your birthday to be locked up. However, I, wish, I hope that you're happy and I wish you well. Sincerely, Edmund. And if I happen to know you better than that, I might say, by the way, or BTW, that's the you know, text language for yeah. by the way, how's Jody? How's Mary? How's your wife? You know, some, so they see that it's personalized. Now they're getting this big birthday comments instead of just happy birthday. I've been doing this every day. At least 50% of the people give like the nicest response to it. Now, what's that going to do after 365 days? You've actually hit 4,000 people. I, that's the thing that's amazing about it. And, that, and, it, and it was nothing. It was no yeah. time whatsoever. So it, it's, it's just, just having that habit. The, yeah. that, that's a great piece of advice. It's something very simple, especially right now where it means a lot more. We were, you know, my birthday was next month. We had a big, you know, big party going where we were inviting friends and we were all going to Hawaii and that all got canceled. And so, you know, it's, wow. there are a lot of people that have things way different right now. So getting to reach out like that, I think that's a fantastic piece of advice and it adds up over time. Something very simple, very actionable. That's, that's either like tip four or five that Edmund's given today that I think are, <laughs> are great ones. He talked at the beginning, like he hopes he gives everybody one. And I know that he's given everybody. Uh, uh, that's, that's, that's very kind, but, but I, I think, uh, the, the, the biggest tip of all, and I don't want to let this broadcast end without saying this, stop making enemies out of people. Stop making enemies out of people that you think are your com competitors. Uh, life is long. Forget the whole life is short. Life is long. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. There's a lot of opportunity. You've got a lot of important work to do. And we don't have time for hate or anger or any of that stuff. You've got to be able to realize that even the competitor that you have in the office, this woman Tinka who I was talking about, she, she's got a, a huge percentage of business from people, from newbies that come in, people get sick, life happens, you're on vacation, and she's been reaping the benefit because she's so wonderful. So, you know, just realize there's a lot of opportunity and people are just being um, sometimes not as nice as they could be to the very people that, that could be their best and brightest lead sources. Yeah. Don't create enemies. I think that's great. And I, and I keep thinking about that guy too, of the example of the 12 or $15 million house, right? Let me, 15, that, 15 million, $150,000. $15 million house. Yeah. And he was too busy to do the showing. Yeah. Right. And, and, and they, they judged here that my contact, obviously they're, they're very wealthy people and they're from, from Asia and she's kind of a hippie and has uh, ripped jeans or, you know, might, might be, just not even ripped jeans so much, but just like too personable. You would think, wait a minute, why would, with the, I'm convinced that that agent said, why would somebody so successful want to hang out with me? Right. They're and like, it was because of their insecurity. Yeah. It was their yeah. insecurity, not the other way around. So it's, how would you like to be that agent who, you know, it's a deal that everyone talks about, right? They, they've got to read in the, yeah. in the trades that this took place and, and they, they didn't have time. They stood her up for lunch. Stood they her up. Could have made it happen. Up. It's another and, example of that life is long, right? You never yeah. know who is going to be that client. You could help somebody buy a $100,000 house today. Yeah. And in five years, help them buy the $15 million house, right? Like you just never know. And, the, and so it's, yeah, being able that life is long and treat people the way that you should. It's a compounding effect that, that if everyone you know 
it, it was, uh, what was it, the, the small world phenomenon. It was a study by a couple of sociologists that found the average person knows 450 or 454 people. And they came up with some, some equation for why that is. Now, when I say 450 people, I mean the dry cleaner, the gas station guy, the people that you know that will likely remember your face. Well, we're salespeople. We know a lot more than that. If we're not average, we're extraordinary. I mean, we, right. so if you just do some simple math and say to yourself, if I could have influence over my SOI gold, 100 people, 100 times 450 people, that's a potential of 45,000. Is that right? Yeah, 45,000 people in my second degree. Meaning your yeah. best friend, Aaron, who I don't yet know, but I might, is in my second degree. So that's, you'll never possibly run out of leads if you learn the technique to work it. And that's the important part. That's what I want people to take away. Right. So you're not calling people and saying, let me sell your house. You're saying, hey, who do you know who I can sell? Like it's, it's the biggest sphere you can get. It's not just me. It's, it's who are my friends? Who are the people in my network? Oftentimes, yeah. And before it was come to the cocktails. Now it's, I did a game show with my daughter on Facebook Live the other day. We did a name that tune and I got to, I got pulled for intellectual property infringement by Facebook. Oh. <laughs> they, but we've done a lot of other stuff like that. And people said, you know, you really made my week. You really did my, I mean, this, you know, look, it, it, there's a lot of stuff that sucks. You got to enjoy the moments. You got to enjoy the moments. So the, we've only got, a, we've only got a few minutes left. This has been great, but let's talk about earlier in your career or failures. So the, what failure have you had that you look at today is like, wow, I learned so much from that. You know, I got screwed by a friend in New York. I was uh, with a company. I brought in a deal that was significant, uh, significant being a $25 million deal as commercial real estate. I was on the hook for, 50, I think, 50% of a 10% commission. So it was not a little bit of money. It was a lot of money. And a variety of other things actually happened. I was locked out of the office. And this is a guy, I try to keep four or five people in my life who I'm not related to that I would give a kidney to. He's the guy that I would have given a kidney to. Anyway, I woke up the following day having a heart attack. I went to the hospital. It was actually a panic attack. And I said to my wife, you know, there's really no reason why we need to stay in New York at this point. Uh, I've got a clear opportunity right now. We've been talking about Florida for a long time. Let's do it. And... I still don't have very high regard for this guy, but I got to tell you, had it not happened, I wouldn't have fallen into utopia. I would never have actually gotten here. So yeah, every, everything that takes place right now as we speak, Absolutely. The, the billion dollar business is being built as you and I are talking here, that in 10 years, we're going to hear that, oh yeah, it was during the lockdown. We, we suddenly thought of this. So you know, embrace it. This, this, we've all got a lot of important work to do. Yeah, this time right now, it's, it, it, is, it will be a memorable time in our lives for the rest of our lives. We will remember the time when we went through quarantine and we had never done it before and all of the innovation that comes out of it. And everyone is changing habits. You know, the, uh, one of the guests that uh, their podcast aired today, you know, Dave Hollis, I, interview, I interviewed him and he's a big inspirational you know, speaker and business coach. And he talked about, you know, it takes 30 days to get a habit. Right. So if you're going to start exercising, it takes 30 days to get a habit. If you're going to start eating healthy, it takes 30 days to get a habit. Well, we're forced into these habits right now. Like we're going to be 45, 60 days of 
new habits we weren't necessarily with, but then all of a sudden people change and they go, oh, Zoom is more efficient than my regular business meeting. Yeah. Now I can do this. Or, oh, I don't need the office now. Or I need, or maybe some people are going to go, oh, I actually need, you know, to do my one-on-one -on -one relationships like this. Or I still need in person. Maybe some people are going to learn that it's really hard for them to do it this way. So they're going to go work even harder uh, for person-to-person -person contact when they get it and things like that. You know, so people will innovate and it is the, and we will look back and go, hey, that was a really tough time. Mm. But what it forced us to do this. I remember when my, when my daughter was born, my second daughter was born six weeks early, you mm. know, and she's in the NICU and I was terrified and I was looking at her going, man, this was my fault. You know, my wife was working nights as a waitress at the casino and it was this horrible moment, but that was my moment when I quit my job to really go for it with this new investing company because I was like, I need to do some, I need to take this massive action. But that is when you have the, the, the tough experiences that turn into that massive action. So the sure. it wasn't so your example it wasn't really a failure you made, but it was a bad experience that turned into a good one. I think that is important for people to see. So the last piece of it, the last question I'm going to ask you is the so as a rookie agent. So now that you know everything that you know, what do you yes. wish someone would have told you in year one or year two? Or maybe it's something you've already shared today. But the is there something you can think of to go? Hey, here's something that you haven't shared yet do you think is the most important thing that you should have known when you started? I think definitely if I had known how valuable leads from your existing, from the people that you think are your competitors, if I, if I had known that when I had gotten in, and again, I, I'm a little different because I got into this when I was in my late forties, you know, I'm, I'm, I wasn't like a young guy. I'd already owned businesses, but I could tell you that I learned very quickly in this business that you've got to, try and take a look at where the, the opportunity comes in the strangest places and you need to just really embrace that. Business as a lifestyle. Uh, when are we not working? I, I mean, my, my accountant said, well, you know, what percentage of your vehicle is used for, uh, for business? Yeah. I went, well, when I, if I drop my kid off at school, I run into somebody, they're going to sell a house. What, who's to say I wasn't working? I mean, that, that's, when that's are we not working? 100%. Yeah. If you're, if you're a good agent, 100% 100 of your time is spent working the, it, even it, when you're not. Because that's the thing, you could be golfing with somebody, you can be hanging, just like you said, going to the, the, don the dinners where you're donating money instead, like anywhere you are, there's a potential to be working. So Edmund, if you guys are looking at us on YouTube right now, you see Edmund's uh, social media handles behind it. We got at Edmund Bogan on uh, Instagram. We'll be tagging him and linking him from our Instagram stuff too. He's also on Facebook, LinkedIn, all over the place. The Edmund's been, a, you know, like you said at the beginning, a long time listener of Real Estate Rockstars. So excited when we have listeners that have learned on here that come on here and share some of the stuff that they heard as tips and then and they're really big successful agents now. So the you know Edmund also talked about uh, you know his his mastermind ways out there. It sounds like there you know there's ways to go join that so you can reach out to Edmund. But Edmund, what are, what are your final thoughts out there? Ways for people to reach out? You know, do you want people to, to email you or, or find you on Instagram? How can they send you referrals if they've got that buyer that they know needs to go to South Florida? Ah, my cup runneth over. Uh, I can tell you, Instagram is probably my favorite bias right now. I, my daughters want to get me on TikTok. I just started a TikTok thing. But let's, let's focus on Instagram and Facebook for the most part. And if you want to reach out to me, again, just Google Edmund Bogan. I'm everywhere. I'm usually extremely responsive. And certainly, if you want to give the think tank a try, love to have you. And just to, you know, be, be kind to one another. This is uh, people, there's ideas that everyone has from, from the pauper to the, to the, uh, to the billionaire that, that, that can enrich your life. And, and there's a lot that can be learned from that. Yeah. 
The, well, that is, and for all you guys listening out there, you'll see it down there in the show notes too, but it's Edmund, E-D-M-U-N-D, Edmund. Last mm-hmm. name is B-O-G-E-N. Go reach out and find him. I learned so much today talking to you. This was a really fun chat. I appreciate you getting on here, and I wish you the best of luck out in South Florida, and I'm really curious to see three to six months from now how many of those people from New York are calling you to go move out there. It'll, the time will tell, right? Yeah, part two. Let's part do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back. Thanks for coming on today, Edmund. Thank you. All right. Bye, rock stars. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings, and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million-dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get, so please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also... Listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.